Well, hey everybody, welcome to the breakdown. We're back with uh, with the boss, <laughs> the big cheese. Wrong words to use. I know. Oh I'm, I'm trying to figure out the good vicar. That's the, good, the first one this season. We brought it up. I was going to say that's the first one. I like that you you are answering your phone that way. I've heard you answer your phone, and I know who it is when you when they call because it's those that started it. I or just at least love it. from that circle of family. I just so. love. It. If you have no idea what good vicar means, go back and listen, binge, listen, or watch to all season of season one. one. It is funny how and, and kind of neat that people still are finding out that we've been doing this. <laughs> And we're on season two of it. And, and so they go back and they listen. Binge listen. Then binge like It's like listen. a challenge to yeah. them to be like, oh, I got I to gotta play catch And up. then they look at us and say, yeah, I'm going to need some more content because I've already listened to all of season one and two. And it's like, dude, we do this weekly. Calm it down. I okay? looked at that person and said, no. <laughs> we're not doing it. I have enough of my oh, blood. that's funny. So. Um, uh, I keep trying to lift it <laughs> and it keeps just dropping. Here, lift it up. Okay, lift it up. There you go. All right. Some little technical difficulties if you're not watching, but exactly hey, right. microphone is is doing well. That's why it's fun to watch. But <laughs> hey, last week uh, on the podcast, we we jumped in, we dissected uh, what it means to do life as a believer and what we do with suffering. Ooh. If you haven't listened to that, I would super, super, in- super encourage you. Super I would highly encourage you. <laughs> sorry. Uh, and challenge you to go back and listen. Super helpful, very, very formative, even for myself. Very challenging at the same time. But this week, we're going to jump right in and dissect the letter to Pergamum, which is Revelation chapter 2, 12 through 17. Oh, sweet Pergamum. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Here we go. So okay. I'm um, turning there now. we need to define a couple things. Okay. Um, because you talked about them in your sermon on Sunday. If you didn't listen or watch each and every week, we always uh, will put in the show notes the sermon that we're breaking down and dissecting. So if you want to go back and listen and or watch that, you can. Um, but we're going to use some of those same words in the podcast today so it'd be helpful to have they're probably thinking what words yeah, did like, he what? use what is going on here what? so two words they or- talk like that at that's calvary right. that's exactly right so two words orthodoxy and orthopraxy mm. so orthodoxy according to um oh i forgot to write oh, merriam webster oh okay merriam webster is an authorized or generally accepted theory doctrine or practice the way that you said it was mm. right doctrine yeah so a little bit different from what like a just a world's definition of what it means to be orthodox. Yes. To a biblical context, yes. you know. And a lot of a lot of words in our faith that we use through scripture and stuff are that way, you know. So like when we talk about hope, mm. Biblical hope yeah. is different than a worldly hope. Like, mm. I hope it doesn't rain tonight because we have Adventure it's the Week. same biblical hope that I have. <laughs> yeah. You know, where you have no idea if it's going to rain or not or something. You just, you just hope for it not to happen. And so sometimes when we don't break that down well in a biblical context or a biblical context, yeah. hope is like when we put our hope in Christ or the hope that God is going to fulfill his promises, like that is a for sure thing. Yeah. And so that's where sometimes, though, we have to redefine some of these words that we use moving from a BC days of before Christ. And, you know, that word was in, in yep. usage, obviously. Um, and, but then now in our faith and, and what does that mean uh, in a biblical definition? Yeah. yeah. So biblical orthodox, just having like right thinking, right doctrine, yeah. right theology. And it's funny you say that because the other word orthopraxy, there isn't, there isn't a depth, yeah. like there is no Merriam-Webster definition of orthopraxy. Yeah. Like there's suggestive definition definition, especially you when you go. get on Google, there's yeah. always suggestive, but it's right living. Yeah. It's essentially right living. And and that honestly, like 
Sorry, I keep jumping in. He's trying to get to, to a question. To. No, and no, I'm that's trying what to you're push supposed him. to do. I'm pushing him down so he doesn't get to the question yet. And and then in the same breath, so not only do we redefine some words within our Christian faith, um, honestly, we kind of, I don't want to say make up words, but we need words totally. that better describe. So if you remember like way back in the day when we were talking about... Um, I don't remember much way back. You don't remember back in the day. <laughs> we we were talking about you know God's nature and and we had um, metaphysical metaphorical yep. attributes yep. of God and so an anthropomorphism yep. that that is a word that you could find a definition for. But then when we got into the anthropoesis mm-hmm. and the other one that I can't remember off the top of my head because I'm just trying to spitball this. Those don't. Those yeah. You, you can't Google that. Yeah anthropopathism there it, is. there it is oh yeah of course yeah of course there it is you know so those two those two you really don't find uh, uh, a worldly usage outside of christian faith mm. and that was really hard going through seminary because i was like all right my professor is like going really deep and i like what, what so it? sometimes i just like try to type in like theology for dummies that's not my phone is that your phone no that's you that ain't me that's not me i turned my volume down that's not me yeah, it was. That's awesome. No, I promise you, it was it? No. What was that? I don't know. Did somebody hide something in here? Now they're just going to prank us the whole time? Probably. Sorry. Uh, uh, rabbit trail for us right no, there. We, we have ADHD. I'm diagnosed. <laughs> I think but, they know that by now. So, so yeah, I used to have to like Google and be like, all right, my professor's going too deep. I'm not quite understanding it. And I'm trying to find like a YouTube version of like theology for dummies mm-hmm. to try to understand. It's like, help me under what is Where's that black and yellow book? Of yeah, theology ex- for dummies? That's what I need. It's like maybe somebody else explaining it a different way. And so just doing a quick Google search, it's like, Google's telling me it's like that's not really a word. I'm like, yes, it is. <laughs> I'm gonna make Geisler it. I'm gonna keep it, Google. Yeah. <laughs> Doctor Geisler said it was. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. So so yeah. Anthro. Yeah. yeah no, no, no. Orthodoxy. Orthopraxy. Yeah. yeah. So specifically related to where we were in Revelation, because obviously we've been walking through Revelation. So Pergamum was commended for their orthodoxy for for their right doctrine. Hmm. Um, and so, did you pull up Revelation? I have it. Can you read verse 13 of two? Because that's where we... He said, pull it up like I'm on a digital thing. Yeah, if you're watching, you like, can literally see that. He's pull on it up. No, no, no. Turn to is what we say when you have a real turn Bible. Turn to, pull no. it up. All right, verse 13. I know where you dwell, where Satan's throne is. <laughs> and to be honest, we kind of just skimmed over some of I that. Know. You know, where Satan dwells. Like, nobody came up to me after service and like, hey, Satan's throne. What's that right <laughs> there? You know. Thanks for not breaking that yeah, part down. Oh, yeah. So I know where you dwell, where Satan's throne is, yet you hold fast my name and you did not deny my faith. Even in the days of Antipas, my faithful witness, who was killed among you where Satan dwells. Which, when we talk about the no names of the Bible... Love An- the no names. Oh yeah, Bible. Antipas is one of those. Like there is no, there is no context whatsoever for him mm-hmm. that we know other than this right. verse. And all we know is that you know he was a faithful witness, which um, is where in early uh, uh, ancient biblical, you know, the New Testament writing that word witness we uh, just it meant witness. But the Greek word is where we actually get the word martyr from. Oh, okay. So it's I did not know that. yeah. So the word in the ancient Greek of faithful witness, that word witness is where we now derive the term martyr. And so it's kind of the original meaning was never to be martyred for mm-hmm. your faith. It just meant to be a witness, like to stand up 
give testimony, to be a witness unto Christ. But when you see how uh, Christians have been treated over, you know, the centuries, it's like, oh yeah, you're a witness. You're a martyr and Mm. you're martyred for your faith. So very similar words there. But all we know of Antipas is that. We don't know the context or why, um, but we know obviously Pergamum was a crazy place because that's where he is saying Satan is dwelling and Satan's throne is, which a lot of these cities outside, like take the church uh, and just looking at the this the cultural context of them, a lot of them were horribly pagan. Mm-hmm. You know, there uh, they used to be like, I, you know how like uh, in the Olympics today, there's like a drawing or a voting process of yeah. where Olympics are going to be yeah. held, and and that was the same thing in ancient Greek and Roman days where certain cities won the right to build the first temple to Zeus or yeah. Diana or whatever. Um, and so at this stage in the Roman empire, a lot of the Caesars, mm-hmm. you know, and that's just a more emperor yeah. term. Um, they, they were considered gods. They were considered sons mm-hmm. of God um, and, and had a divineness to it. And so there, there was absolute emperor worship and, and so Pergamum, I think Thyatira, which we have talked about, uh, maybe even Smyrna, they w- the, the city itself won the contest to start building some of these uh, temples, temples. Yep. to emperors and stuff like that. So when we're talking about, you know, what's Satan's throne and Satan's dwelling, there's a high level of pagan worship and satanic worship. And, and that's where some of that, you know, immorality and, and food sacrifice to idols that he later talks about, that's coming from. That was in a very... Like Christians in Pergamum would would absolutely have been exposed and known what was going yeah. on, and there was always a constant struggle within them trying to put their faith or trust in Christ, live for Him, but within a very pagan world mm-hmm. context. Yeah. So anyway, so that's where we get the the right doctrine from. Um, so Pergamum was commended for their orthodoxy, but they were reprimanded for their orthopraxy, their mm. right living. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. Yeah, so for me, just kind of seeing that you didn't deny my faith, you held fast to my name, is where that whole yep. orthodoxy part yep. is coming from. Like, they're holding fast to the name of Jesus. They're not denying their faith. And so if you were going to sit down with a Christian in Pergamum, and you were going to walk through, like, hey, what what's the gospel to you? Or who is Jesus? Like, they would have gave you really good yeah. answers. Like, they did not, um, you know, because the Gnostic gospels, which are going to be written, you know, 150, 200 years after Christ, that's where there was starting to have some of that myth being integrated into the actual life of Christ. So you could read some of those and that's where you get, you know, Jesus uh, spoke and prophesied at his birth Mm -hmm. that he did a lot of miracles when he was a child. Some of my favorite readings. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And not even like good miracles. They were like, they he turned his friends or his teacher into a frog and just really weird. Like that's what uh, we would do if if we could do it. That's what you and I would do. Yeah. And, and what's interesting about that, here's a quick side note. You know, when you're studying any ancient manuscript, doesn't matter, uh, scripture or not, yeah. any ancient manuscript. So anything that we dig up and we find about um, Alexander the Great, mm-hmm. right? Like a the atheist scholarly, worldly scholarly people that study 
ancient history, they know that usually about 200 to 250 years after the actual events or life of a person, that's when they start having a lot of that myth and legend enter into Hmm. writings. Because you can absolutely find writings about Alexander the Great and they're going to, oh yeah, he was spitting, literally spitting fire and and all this myth and legend is going to enter into it. And that's why early testimony is so good. But None of us, I mean, we've studied Alexander yeah. the Great in school. We, we see that as absolute history. And that's what's so great about the New Testament. It was written before that. We don't see some of that weirdness about the life of Christ until the Gnostic Gospels, mm. which are about 200, 250 years Africa. later. And mm. that's why an early, uh, the early manuscripts that we have of the New Testament, that's, that's such a pivotal thing within our faith because we, it, it is accurate to what we have, yeah. you know, so I could go on for days about that, but I know that's not the uh, topic today, <laughs> but you want. Just, just some craziness right there just to like process and think through. So anyway, so yeah, y- you did talk- not deny my faith. My yeah. name. <laughs> so which would be right doctrine, and then the orthopraxy, the right living, which I think uh, for me, Sunday was super challenging. Uh, and we talked a little bit about this last night, where there seems to be uh, this pendulum swing yeah. from we either have right doctrine, and, and we just pump scripture and doctrinal beliefs down people's throat, or we have... I don't even want to say right living, but as close to right living as you can get with we no do- like m- more moral living. moral living. Yeah, yeah with no good doctrinal. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So the the good person, you know, construct and concept um, for us, and so for me, even that, like as you were preaching Sunday, soup, like just kind of going back and thinking through, like, why do I do that? Mm-hmm. Do I do that because you know, just just processing through that, and you ended your sermon. Uh, and this was the kick in the teeth for me. Um, let's call it what it is. Uh, if we refuse to love our enemies and serve them, we don't have the right living or right thinking, for that's not the mind of Christ. Yeah. So, so many times we have this as believers. Yeah. Uh, we, we have the Sunday school, the right answer for the Sunday school questions or the doctrinal things. Yep. Um, what I would say inside the church walls. And then we walk outside the church walls, and the way that we live our life would have nothing to mm-hmm. do with our beliefs. And and even the and I'm gonna I'm gonna mess this up because no, I love the way that you said it on Sunday. Is uh, and jump in if you remember. Yep. Um, the way we live our life should point back to Jesus. Mm. Um, the things that we believe mm-hmm. should also. You said that much better. But yeah, no, no. Whichever way, if somebody was going to look at our orthodoxy. It should point to Jesus. Yes. If somebody looks at our orthopraxy, it should point, point to Jesus. Okay. So either way it goes. And what's so hard is like there's there's whole denominations sometimes that lean so heavy one way or the, yep. or the other. And and that's that's not good. Yeah. You know, it can't be a one or the other type of a thing. So So I wanted to dive into that kind of of uh process of breaking down mm. Sunday sermon. Because uh, maybe it's just me. I don't think it is. Growing up in the church, being in ministry, I feel like this has been a struggle Mm. in the church for so long. And what I love about the platform is we don't really have a time constraint. And this is probably uh, a platform that we can probably speak more openly and candidly and be a little bit more, um, I don't want to say aggressive. That's not the... (laughs) Let's go. um, But it's true. Like we see that, you know, we see, and and I'll just use myself, for example, there's times in my life where I've, I've had great doctrine, Mm -hmm. 
great head knowledge. Mm -hmm. No heart knowledge. Like mm -hmm. the overflow of my heart and my life would not point people to Jesus. It would point people to Jaron and Jaron's yeah. beliefs. Um, or vice versa, like our life looks very moral and almost Christian-esque. Mm -hmm. um, but to get backed into a corner and be like, uh, because my Sunday school teacher said so 15 years ago, yeah. like we don't have, you know, we don't have any understanding. And so I think there's a lot of us that feel that weight in that tension yeah. um, and that are struggling and processing through that. I think there's a lot of us that don't even see it. Yeah. Like they're blind to it. Yeah. And with, with others around us or even ourselves, like the idea would be just, just keep preaching that message of both orthodoxy and orthopraxy. And if you, uh, if you want to know which one you struggle with, it's which one that you get ticked off about, you know, cause there's so both. Awesome. Both. Yeah, Fantastic. Cause, cause the truth that we have to understand is there is not enough orthodoxy to make up for a lack of orthopraxy. And there's not enough orthopraxy to make up for a lack of orthodoxy. Mm. You, you can't know enough head knowledge and correct theology for God to look at you and say, okay, I don't care that you didn't do anything about it. Mm -hmm. And there's not enough uh, good things, even by the definition of God, which we can go down that road of how do we define anything good without God? We can't. But again, we're talking within the church. Yeah. We're not talking to the atheists that would say, oh, the difference between right and wrong, good or evil. Yeah, yeah. We, we have a standard. He's talking to the church and God is our standard. And so there's not enough good things and good works that we could do that would make up for a lack of correct theology yeah. either. And so but how many times do we live that practically though? Let's we not talk about it. Yeah, we let's, won't let's talk, about talk about it. We'll it. say it. We'll say, oh yeah, both things are needed. You know, yes, I trust Jesus and I'm just trying to live for him. Amen. That sounds great. But we honestly need uh, to slow down, look at our lives and say, how is that practically living mm. out? It, it, where is the lack of orthodoxy and or orthopraxy in my life? Yeah. And kind of what I was saying with uh, the, the two issues that Jesus had with Pergamum, he said, um, hey, this I have against you, this whole food sacrifice to idols and sexual immorality. So talking about pagan worship um, and sexual immorality, it's like if you don't think that you are struggling with those two, um, you actually have a third, and now you need to struggle with your lying. lying yep. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you said that, and all my whole team upstairs running online was like, dang. <laughs> because, I mean, that's the hardest thing. I think sometimes isn't actually the truth of our sin mm -hmm. of like it, it's just being honest with ourselves about it yeah like we know but we we just want to be blinded by our own because we judge everybody else by their actions and we judge ourselves by our motives yep you know, like, oh, it's the best way to live my life. <laughs> absolutely. It, it sounds great. But again, we it's not how we judge other people or judge ourselves. And da, da, da. what does the Lord require? How mm. what is the standard that he is using to judge us? Yeah. And and all through scripture, you see both that we need to have right thinking and also right living. Yeah. Like whole books of the Bible were split that way. Even big moves of God were split that way. Not split, but like combined that both are needed. You know, Paul never wrote and said, hey, I want you to know everything perfectly correctly and just go on living however you are. Yeah. And sometimes he would address it. He would start the train with uh, right living, and then he would end with right doctrine. And other times he would start with right doctrine and yeah. get to right living. Like it, it kind of depended, you know? So like when he wrote to the uh, church in Corinth, it was like, um, and which I think is hilarious in a sense. So 
Corinth is like Sin City. Like, this is the church in Vegas. Sorry if you're a pastor of a church in Vegas. You know where I'm going. Like, you've said it. Like, let's just call it what it is. But, you know, there's a dude in the church that's sleeping with his stepmom. There's absolute horrible gluttony over the Lord's Supper. Like, there's all these things. And the very first issue that Paul wants to address is division in the church. He's like, yeah, you guys are just bickering and fighting all the time. Do you not yeah. see all the other big sins out yeah, here? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm going to address the big one. Yeah, the, the 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 dude shacking up with his stepmom's probably sitting in the back of me like, oh, thank you. Paul didn't say anything about me. <laughs> yeah, and then like two chapters later, he's like, all right, let's talk about that one dude. And, it, and, and yeah, there was issues with him for sure because he's like, yeah, you got to put him out of the church. But the bigger issue is that the church tolerated it. Mm-hmm. So it's not even, oh, I don't struggle with this or that, but are we tolerating that? Mm. Not tolerating it with the world. You know, this is an in-house conversation. It's what we tolerate as believers that I think the Lord is having more of an issue with. And so, I mean, how many times do we tolerate wrong theology for the sake of love? Have some really small churches probably. And then how much do we tolerate wrong living? Yeah. (laughs) So we do, we, we, we tolerate one, uh, and we use the excuse for the, for the sake of grace and yep. we toler- tolerate the other for the sake of truth where we need grace and truth, but we can't use those yeah. to, yeah, yeah. to justify compromise within the church. You know, like the greatest thing somebody ever told me was where I was stepping outside of the bounds of scripture and where I was living in sin. And, and yeah. they didn't compromise that for the sake of, oh, I just want to be graceful to him. It's like, yeah, absolutely be graceful to him, but you got to share truth. Yeah. And on the other side, absolutely give truth, but you got to be graceful in that as well. Like that's the, my wife was just reading a, a book that was given to by some good friends about the grace and truth paradox. Mm-hmm. Cause it is one. And, and I think a lot of people walked away even from Sunday and they're like, so what do I do? Like, yeah. Even me and my wife are having those conversations. And I'm like, yeah, welcome. Like you got to sit in the tension of Christianity. Like this is going to be difficult. Like whoever brainwashed you to think that it's not going to be hard. I, that's not yeah. biblical Christianity. Let it be orthodox or orthoprax. Like that like we, you have to sit in the tension of that. And so how do we address? And I think second service, I don't know. I don't think I said it first service, but second service, there was that moment. I was like, all right, do I go down this road? And my wife was sitting in there and she's like, when you said that, she's like, I don't know where we're going, but here we go. But, but just trying to be transparent, even for me in my own life, like, okay, how do I sit in the tension of what this is yeah. and how do I respond? And, and and my orthodoxy and my orthopraxy to, to follow Christ. And it, it is difficult. Well, and there's that, there's that false belief. I think when you sit uh, more, you, you know, I have the title pastor as well, but you're the guy that's on the stage, you know, week in and week out. But I think there's an assumption so many times where, Oh, they have right doctrine and right living. Oh, like, I absolutely do. We don't do. sit in yeah, that. Yeah, I've never stepped outside yeah, of the bounds exactly. of like, we don't ever, never sin. That's like, sarcasm, in case you were curious. If you, if you can't see the looks we're giving. Yeah, if you take that out of context, <laughs> I'll slap you. But it's it's like so many times, and I appreciate even Sunday, because I knew we'd, we'd had that conversation a little bit last week on the podcast, which you brought up in service. Um, and then just for you to say like, hey, listen, th- this is this, like, we, we've taught the Bible. Yeah. This is the struggle. Let me tell you as as a human being who just happens to be your pastor in that yeah. order, where I'm struggling. Yeah. And I don't and what I so appreciated where um, you know, 
you and I even talked about right now where we would probably differ mm-hmm. on on one or two specific things, like still love each other, still care about each other, still show each other respect, and we still sit in that uncomfortable, oh, awkward, yeah. and I don't like that. Like, yeah. And I think so many times we try to skirt the issue because we don't want to sit in the uncomfortable, like the yeah. uncomfortable is bad. Yeah. The awkward, like what do you do with that? I honestly don't know. Yeah, Like I'm processing. Yeah, it. and even where, because I was talking to somebody afterwards, they walked up and they said, hey, help me, help me understand that whole... You know, how, how is something sin to me and not sin to something else? I thought sin was sin. And, and it's like, okay, so first where scripture is clear, mm-hmm. like nobody's going to walk up and be like, you know, cause when Paul was talking about food sacrifice to idols, some would say that was sin to eat of it. And others would say it isn't. And Paul's saying, okay, th- there is some gray area and it, he, yeah, it's going to be sin to some people and it's not going to be sin to others. And so but that's outside of where scripture is very clear. Like nobody's going to walk up and be like, you know what? Murder is not sin to me. So I'm just going to start. Yeah, it's allowable and it's okay. You know, uh, having nine wives is, is allowable to me. And it's like, no, no, no. Scripture's clear. That's, that's sin. It's those areas where Paul would say, don't sin against your conscience. That's where, where scripture's clear. So this is an area that's not clear, but that's where the Holy Spirit's leading and guiding you. You know, I have a friend who, uh, 40 years ago was an alcoholic and he's been clean for 40 years, but he would also tell you I'm an alcoholic, but I've never had a drink in 40 years. He just knows his temptations and his struggles. And he would say, is it a sin for a Christian to walk into a bar? Absolutely not. Is it a sin for this Christian to his conscience and his conviction? It would be. Because he knows what one drink could lead to two and then 12 and 40. And so the example I used was, you know, uh, my Bible college where I got my undergrads um, was, uh, love you guys, a little bit legalistic for on-campus students because you were not allowed one of the rules. And and I understand what they were doing, okay? And I'll push I'm, on them. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm with you. I already okay. know. Okay, you already know. I there went to the same thing. There are certain unwritten rules that are held to pastors that to... And we can get a little legalistic like the Pharisees. Yep. So the Pharisees read, you know, uh, honor the Sabbath. Okay, what's that mean? And so they, they develop their own little set of rules of what it means to honor the Sabbath. Well... Obviously, as pastors, we are called to be above reproach. Okay, what's that mean? So they kind of came up with these unwritten rules, and and they uh, put them on mm. the college students to start like, hey, we want to get you in the right frame of thinking. And yeah. and I love their heart, but they didn't lead with the heart. Practically. Yeah. 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 Love the heart, didn't lead with the heart, because you can't. Uh, there's not enough behavior modification to change the heart. Mm. That's a parenting thing. That's mm. a discipleship thing. That's a, they, they, you know. We do a whole podcast on that. I mean, even in our evangelism, like there's not enough that we can do to a sinner in the sense of their behavior modification that they're going to be like, oh, okay, now I'm a believer. No, it's spiritual transformation that happens from the inside out. So anyway, we we weren't allowed to go to rated R movies. Really? We weren't allowed to go to the movies. Because think I'm about, never going to complain again. Then. Okay, there you go. So talking about being above reproach, because the argument would be used this way. Uh, they would say, okay, pastor, you're walking out of the movie theater and you went and saw Surf's Up, which is my favorite movie. It's a we penguin know. surfing movie. <laughs> Very theological. Animated. Deep. Animated. Animated. Yeah. I was sick one time, laying in bed all by myself and my kids came in just to like check on me. And they're like, y- you could watch any movie that you'd want. Like... You don't have to worry about little kids being there and you're this watching, is you're this, watching. Is, this is what you're watching. It's like, <laughs> Hey, let me be me. That's a quote from the movie. Anyway, <laughs> um, 
Um, and so imagine you're walking out of the movie theater, like two, two shows just got done and everybody's walking out and one, you went and saw surfs up, mm-hmm. right? And I'm going to name drop it as much as we can. Hopefully we become sponsors or something <laughs> do a, anyway. And then let's say, a, another movie, uh, you know, uh, 50 shades of gray. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Cause that one became a hot topic. Yeah, when it came exactly. Out. When that came out. And so both are walking out and then you, uh, somebody in the congregation are sitting there. And you're seeing, it's like, oh, did my pastor go and see if it, like, they would say that's not being above reproach. And so we just try to avoid all uh, appearance of evil. Mm -hmm. So it's not even that we have to avoid evil being above reproach. It's the appearance of evil. And so there were things that they would do on that. Now, the issue that I have with that and talking to these people after church of like what, where my struggles at is uh, I'm a big war movie buff. Mm -hmm. Like I love the historical part of it. Uh, My grandpa was in World War II. My dad was in the Navy. Like there's just a little bit of that that really interests me. Even being a young kid, listening to my grandpa talk about different stories of being an Austrian fighting Battle of the Bulge and stuff like that. Um, Anyway, I can watch a war movie and people are shooting each other up, blowing each other up. You know, there, there even can be some language and it doesn't really affect me. That doesn't trigger anything in me to like, yeah. like I, I understand that. Right. And it, it'd be rated R saving private Ryan or something yep. like that doesn't really affect me. But if, if I try to go watch some rom-com movie, that's PG 13. So by my Bible college standards, I'm allowed to watch that mm-hmm. movie. But if there's like some passionate makeout scene between some dude and some chick or whatever, yeah. and they're just all getting hot and heavy, even though it's still within the rating of PG-13, that's going to awaken an old, the term I use with my teenage kids is like, you don't want to awaken that dragon. Yeah, That's going to wake up some dragon that honestly, once you, I, what I tell them, once you wake that dragon up, you're going to never put him back to sleep. Yeah. You're only going to fight him. And so he's at bay. And he has been by the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit in my life. But he would love any moment. Thing needs to stay dormant. Yes. Yeah. And he tries every once in a while to come out of retirement, (laughs) right? Like Tom Brady coming back again, you know, never can just retire. Um, And in a PG-13 rom-com where I'm trying to just have a little date night with the wife, but that's going to awaken things. I mean, it's like, for me, it is more sin to watch the PG-13 rom-com that is sin to me than to watch Saving Private Ryan that's rated R and it's blood, guts, blow them up, cussing yeah. type thing. And here's the thing, and you may have missed it if you're Uh-oh. listening or watching. What you said was not that that was sin for everybody else. Yes. That was sin for me. For me. And that goes back to what we said earlier. Yeah. So many times we judge everyone else mm. by a standard yeah. and then we judge ourselves by intentions. Yeah. When it's like we're so preoccupied and consumed with the world or everyone else and we don't look at our you know we yeah. look at ourselves so you know there's the whole the the whole drinking you know yeah. especially I, in student ministry i got oh, asked yeah. that all the time being in ministry all the time okay well what do you what do you believe what yeah. it's like it's like what does the bible say yeah what if the bible's not clear exactly is this the only time the bible's not clear <laughs> like yeah. And again, who duped you into believing that everything in Scripture is black and white? Yeah. Like, there's no faith that everything's black and, and white. And then, so then as believers, we, as a body of Christ, we need to be aware of other people. So, like, if if there was a big, you know, let, let's say the four of us pastors and our mm-hmm. wives, it's like, hey, let's let's go to dinner, let's go to the movies together as pastors and wives, just get out and, and have a good time. And it's like, oh, what movies should we see? 
If the three of you guys said, oh, yeah, let's go to this rom-com and your wives want to go and da, 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 and I say, hey, guys, I really can't, I'll, you know, in the in the world, and it happens even in the church for sure, it's we, oh, come on, it's not that big of a deal. Like, we downplay, yep. and we almost hurt we other people. Be, yeah, we don't yep. honor their convictions and say, so that's where Paul would say, in that case, I'm the weaker brother. Yep. I am the weaker brother in that, and I'm okay to say that, but I need stronger brothers that that doesn't bother you to say, hey, because it bothers you, I'll restrict my freedom that I mm. could go and watch that. So in the same way, like my wife does not like movies with cussing in it. Mm -hmm. And again, for me, the context is different because um, you can use those words in different contexts um, and they can mean different things. So when I'm watching war movies and you know you hear that thing, those words, that's one context. But if you're watching a, a 50 shades of gray, that word is being used something yeah. different, yep. a whole yep. different context. But for the sake of her, I won't watch any movie that has any kind of cussing like that in it. Be, and not that she's the weaker. I just know that's a strong conviction in her. Mm -hmm. And I want to honor that. Yeah. And instead of trying to downplay it where I don't need a bunch of guys looking at me saying, Oh Nick, it's not that big of a deal. Like it's just a PG 13 movie. And, and then I get drugged back into and against my conviction and it's not even my, uh, it's my weakness that allows that dragon to be awakened mm. again. And that's where we need, that's where we need to build each other up and encourage each other. Yeah. And so if you have someone in your life, let it be in your life group or whatever it is, that there's a strong conviction. So like, hey, the life group wants to go out to dinner. Well, around the lake, about any place is going to serve alcohol. Yeah, I don't think there's any place that doesn't. Wendy's. <laughs> Dang it. There you go. Okay. So honestly, like if somebody has a strong vision, like guys, I can't walk back into even a sports bar because mm -hmm. that's going to awaken in me. That's going to draw, that's going to cause in me, man, see, it's not that big of a deal. I can, I can, I can, I can go to B-dubs. Yeah. I can go to Chili's. This isn't a big deal. And then. You know, it's not that moment. It's not like I'm going to walk into a PG-13 rom-com and all of a sudden, three days later, you know, I'm Pornhub for, yeah. you know, nine days straight. Yeah. And no, nor is somebody that walks into a Chili's all of a sudden in a week going to be... Raging alcoholic again. But they could be. Yeah. But they could be. Because a lot of times we try to trick ourselves and we think that we're stronger than what we really are to our convictions. Yeah. And it's like, that's where we need to honor one another. And it's like, so, hey, you guys can go to dinner... And we have to honor that they, in in our absence, that that's going to be a conviction. Or it's like, all right, where can where can you yeah. eat? Well, I, I like this place because it. Wendy's it is, baby. Wendy's it is. <laughs> Wendy's you know, it is. right? Dave's double. Let's go. So, but how cool would it be if, like, what would the church look like? Because again, remember, mm, we're writing to. This is an to inside. The yes. This is to the church. This isn't for everyone. Yeah. This is for the church. Yeah. And so what would it look like if instead of, and, and I'll bring that part up because you said, like men, we have a notorious problem with, with men attending church yeah. for a variety of reasons. Yep. We talked about it in our life group a couple weeks ago, and that started a long conversation. There is just a struggle to get men mm -hmm. uh, inside the doors of the church. And so there's also a struggle for men who just either A, dog on each other, yep. or B, um, do that very like it's not that big a deal like they downplay yeah. everything and so there's that tendency where let just because we're we're two dudes it's easy to pick on guys yeah, like let's go what would it look like if instead of you know hey because you love and you respect ashley your mm. wife um we're all going to the movies and 
you pipe up and don't make her feel bad. You don't put that on her. You're just like, hey, guys, we're not going to go. Like, if you guys want to do that, that's fine. Zero judgment. Yep. That's fine. For that group to respond, I'm like, oh, where do you, like, no, no, we want to do this together. Yeah. We want to be a unit. So what what can we go see? Yeah. So done. Let's go. Yeah. See. I would rather deny myself and have fun in this context as a, as a, a staff, yep. husbands and wives and friendship group that leads and, and, and struggles and, and all of those things. Like I would rather go have fun mm-hmm. as a group and deny myself that, oh, I really wanted to see that show or that looked interesting. Yeah. You know, how cool would it be? And what would, what would our churches look like if that became the new norm? Yeah. Yeah. And what's crazy is that is how we should be living. But, yeah. But we find the we find the gray areas. Mm-hmm. We find the one percent, and that's just what we want to completely pull apart. Of well, what does that really mean? Mm-hmm. How am I really supposed to? I want to know yeah. if I go drink alcohol, am I sinning? Mm. Yes or no? And it's like I'm not answering that. Yeah, because I there is no answer yeah. for that. And I I loved how you said. It. And again, I'm going to butcher it um, because since we're talking about it, it was yeah. it was another. You had a, a bunch of good whammies on Sunday. Um, <laughs> I even heard I had a good good couple jokes. Which you is, did have a, a couple. Yeah, that's that's abnormal of so, you. But yeah. um, and so we're just gonna drive down this yeah. um, because I think it not necessarily this specific topic, um, but I think the heart mm-hmm. and and the mindset behind it. You said something from stage about why why do we care so much about who's on the outside of a beer can mm. and not about what is inside the beer can and what it does to me, us. Yeah. And I went, holy cow. <laughs> yeah, that, that was that moment where I, I kind of paused and I was like, all right, do I go down this road? And I tried to frame it well because I used three examples of things that are going on in our culture where I'm, where for me, I, I am in a struggle of, okay, how do we respond? Um, and as Christians, not where maybe that specific issue isn't that big of a struggle for me, but that we're seeing the church and the body of Christ painting struggle. broad brush and grouping. painting broad, yep. yeah, yeah. And it's like here's the tension that I'm sitting in, and I don't know if I have a great answer. Um, and so, yeah, that's that's one of those issues that I I struggle with as well. Like people ask me all the time, like, "Oh, do you drink?" And they're like, "Oh, no, you don't, because you're a pastor." And it's like, actually, I don't drink because of other issues. Yeah, you know, it's not because of the title in front of my name. Yeah, other like there there was kind of already never that that desire whatsoever. And so so for me, against my conscience, like I I probably could have yeah. a drink, and it really wouldn't bother me in that sense. Now my conviction would be, yeah, I just don't, and so I would feel. It would be a sin unto me. I'd feel bad, feel bad. I would sin. I'd feel it would be against my conscience, my convictions if I would now. But it's not because of my pastoral role um, or even my understanding of Scripture in regards to alcohol. Because, mm-hmm. you know, every time I got asked the question, and not even by students, even by adults now, I always get that, well, the Bible says just don't be drunk. But the Bible doesn't say anything that you shouldn't drink. And we think of, well, Jesus drank wine. And Paul even told Timothy to put a little Because there was wine no healthy water to drink. Exactly. Context. And it was diluted down three parts and da-da-da. Right? But the Bible also says be sober-minded. Because mm. we, we only go to the negatives, which is actually easier to follow yeah but when you give a positive command that's the harder thing to follow and and so scripture actually gives us both do not be drunk because especially now think about in in that context with the with the wine being diluted down so it just kill basic bacteria but still um and to provide safe drinking water in a sense 
um, you would have to drink so much to get drunk. This is like one proof. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Guys. Sorry. That was totally. Jesus turns water into wine. One proof. Here we go. One proof. Right. Like most wine drinkers probably wouldn't have liked the wine that Jesus had, but you know, but it was good wedding wine. So yeah, it, it you know, so what was that? And, and you know, the Baptist love you. Hey, I grew up Baptist. You know, they hate that miracle. Yeah. We talk about <laughs> it's that like, here. oh, but but so there's a there's the negative command meaning do not given yep. in a negative context and there's the positive command do not get drunk and then be sober minded and so it's like you have to hold that intention mm-hmm. you know how far it would you say okay am i drunk am i not sober it's like that's a that's a hard thing but for me it seems like the the response broad brush from the church is is a, there's been a stronger response against what's been printed on cans which i have my own beliefs and mm-hmm. thoughts and yeah. um, i'm not for different plat different companies using platforms to it's like if you want to make beer make beer you know like but cracker just make beer. yeah like cracker barrel let's just call it what it like we're talking about bud light cans we're talking about cracker barrel cracker barrel is now using their their company to uh, it's been home style food Right. Forever. Forever. What made them great. Yeah. And now we're using this platform. It's like, just stick to biscuits, okay? The biscuits have been good. Just stick to that. Why are you trying to, like, use that as a platform moving forward? And then there's, like, top celebrities. They're like, no, they're doing good business. They should do that. And it's like, so think of who are the loudest preachers of their gospel today right now. Mm. It's... It's the Bud Light. It's mm-hmm. the Cracker Barrel. It's the Target. It's the, you know, the MLB. Like the okay. So if they're gonna, I'm even just trying to say like, hey, can we match them note for note in the sense of volume of preaching? If they're gonna be that loud, why can't I be that loud? Mm. But the moment we stand really strong for truth, that's when we get slapped, All and it's like, oh yeah, how can you be so intolerant and bigotry and da 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 and hateful? And it's like, no, not at all. But. But for me, specifically within the Bud Light thing, like what was hard for me was to see the strong response to what was on the outside. And and at the same time, there's a small part of my heart that's like, I mean, their stock dropped mm-hmm. drastically. Mm-hmm. Like literally, it's full on the shelves. Everybody shifted to other I'll brands. And it's like, there you go. You know, like, it, which some people are like, does that company not know who their target audience is? Like yeah. they really thought that was going to be a great idea to yeah. do. And it's like, whatever. And so, you know, I, I'm sure there's a bunch of Christians like, so can I buy Bud Light I, or not? That's like the what new if, question. Yeah. We like, went from, come okay on, to pastor, drink tell too. me, what am I, <laughs> am I going to Michelob now? Or, or are we <laughs> Corona? We like we don't even like Corona anymore because of the disease <laughs> and the, like what can we Options drink are limited. here? Yeah. Here we are. What do I, give me some of that Jesus one proof. What's going on there? <laughs> And then there was the the MLB, which I kind of made the joke, but it wasn't a joke. Like, don't even want to dip my toe into the pagan worship of pro sports in our country, mm-hmm. which is massive. You mm-hmm. know, um, that's where. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna say it. I'm sorry. I was talking with somebody about we had church in the park, yeah, and it was pretty warm. Yep. Right. And they're like, hey, do you think people are really going to turn out for this? And I said, well, I know one way that we could get a lot of people to turn out for it. Uh, just put their kids' baseball team in the front of the stage. <laughs> yeah, they'll, oh they'll show up for that God. in the heat. You know, we drive past the ball fields all the time. They're right down the street from the church. I'm like, 
parents have the cooler packed, plenty of waters. They got their tent and they sit out in the heat and just die. Disclaimer: We love people. We love, we love people, people, but like, We're just, just, calling- just call it human nature. Like the things I've sat through for the sake of my kids, it's like, oh, yeah. and the Lord looks at me and it's like, really, guy? You want- really? <laughs> Your complaints too cold or hot in the yeah, building. Exactly. So, uh, so, so pro sports, there was a team. It was the LA Dodgers, which somebody picked up on. Yeah, they said, I knew. Yeah, my uh, somebody came up and they're like, "My friend has season tickets." And when that went down, they literally just ripped them up and said, "Not going back." Like, if, like something that we love. Like, there's yep. nothing wrong with pro sports. I love football. I love, I don't love baseball at all. Baseball's super boring <laughs> to me. I'm so sorry. Too long, too. Yeah. And so it's it's always even fun then to just make fun of Cardinals fans because it's like, I don't even like your sport, let alone like your team. So it's like a double whammy, uh, kind of like hockey and the yeah. blues. Sorry. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's stay on track here, buddy. I do kind of like hockey, but the best team. Let's stay on track. For, for years uh, is the Mighty Ducks when they beat Iceland in the Junior Goodwill Games. Well, that's absolutely true because it's not a real team. So well, everybody's okay with that. <laughs> hey, you say the avalanche? <laughs> I no, whatever. Okay, so but but the pro sports of it. So it's like baseball, something that we love, like to go and watch, or a football game. Let it be a basketball game. And obviously, there's other issues with it. But again, to use our platform and to honor, like, so it's not even like oh, it's, it's it. It really does feel like an intentional. Uh, pointed attack slap in the face of like nope we we lines are being drawn yeah and we as a humanity are being called to say okay what side are we on and that's where kind of was leaning to where uh, i think christians are i think i said it they're losing what they're surrendering their orthopraxy and losing their orthodoxy Mm -hmm. you know because like the line's drawn in the sand it's like all right i'm not going to go with jesus on this yeah i'm not going to go with the word of god i'm going to go with the culture of the world around us you know because we don't want to be called hateful we don't want to be called bigotry we don't be you know i mean it's going so far that like we're terrorists yeah like a, a dude just got arrested for affirming uh a few yes. Bible verses in yes. regards to marriage and man and women. I and it's just like, was reading that. And I'm just, right now, like, if if you think I am, come back next year. I'm starting Genesis, and God created man and woman. Like, we're not going to bend. We're not going to, yeah. like, we're just going to call it what it is because I'm not the standard. Yeah. You know, like, I'm going with the word of God on this. And so it's not like, how do you get off saying this and that? And it's like, no, no, no. I'm going with God's heart on this. I'm just repeating. Yeah. Yeah. We're just, we're just affirming like the God of all creation. He says this. All right. We're going with him on it. But the LA Dodgers, the sisters of perpetual indulgence, which is just a great name. Like already you're like, "Mm." it's like, (laughs) I don't want to offend any of my Catholic friends, but it's like, that sounds like the girl scouts of like the Catholic church. Uh. Like, cause it, it starts really good sisters of, and, and there's normally really good groups. Like mother Teresa was a part of a group of the sisters of solace or whatever it yep. was like there's there's And then, so they take that and that's for me where it comes like a real slap in the face. It's like, yeah. if you want to take this religious kind yes, of, yes, exactly. Yeah. And then, and it's not only it's an attack, but it's a mocking of it. Mm-hmm. And so they, they dress, it's, it's homosexual men. They dress up in heavy makeup and nuns attire, which I don't really affirm a whole lot of the Catholic theology, but that irritates the snot out of me. You know, if they are anti-God, why is it Christianity? Mm. 
if they really are anti-God, anything, and, and this is the hard part, like even, even overseas, like why is there such an attack on Christianity and not other world religions? Now, it, it is there a little bit, but, but not it's as far, prevalent. Yeah, it, yeah. not as prevalent <laughs> as Christianity. Like, so why isn't Islam persecuting Hinduism and Buddhism as pointed as it is Christianity? Because mm-hmm. dark doesn't fight against darkness. Mm-hmm. Darkness only gets, goes against light. So why did this group of men... Why did they pick, you know, a a branch of the church, a denomination of the church to mock? And it's like, because that's truth and that's what they're going to mock and go after. And so they were honored as community heroes. Awesome. Yeah. And absolute anti-God community heroes. And and that is honored and applauded. But if, if all you have to do is think about if, if the roles were reversed. Yeah. Right. How would the world respond? Oh, good heavens! Like, how, one if what if a local church that was donating food and clothing to the homeless and the poor, and they had an after-school program for kids, and they were teaching them how to read? I mean, that's how Sunday school started. We were teaching illiterate people how, how to read using the Word of God. Right? It wasn't. It wasn't a discipleship ministry. Yeah. It was an evangelistic ministry. Right. And so. Um, imagine if any pro sports team said, you know what, you guys are making a positive impact in our community. We want to honor you for that. Everybody would lose their ever loving mind mm-hmm. in our world. Right. Yeah. And so there, there is a bias to it. And so not to get political or anything like that. I think we need to be biblical. Yeah. I'm not trying to get political. I'm trying to get biblical that we like, it really is a battle and we need to stand firm and wherever, persecution, suffering, wherever this is going to hit because of how we stand firm. Like we, we have to be okay with that. Like yeah. we, we just have to say like, all right, like I'm going to continue to allow my convictions to lead and guide. And if I lose social status, if I lose my job, if I like, that's hard to think about, but we, we got to lean into it. Yeah. And I know some people are probably thinking, oh, well, that's easy for you to say, Nick, you live in the Midwest. So it's like, it's here too. Yeah. I mean, maybe not as, but it, it is like, don't yeah. it and just give it time and it'll be everywhere. Just yeah. like Pergamum or Thyatira, like those Christians, like you just walk out of your house and you just look at the store and the roads and the neighboring shops. And it's like, you can't get away from it, Yeah, but we're never called to it's who are we going to be in the midst of it? And that's where Jesus is like, well, this I have against you. And then I brought up the last part. <laughs> I ticked some people off, not in a bad way, but like, uh, it was like, Ooh, yeah. And, and I had someone come up and they said, Hey, the only pushback is like, how do we know that? Like, how do we, and it's like, we have to do our research. So this is kind of where yeah, yeah. we, we, I, I wouldn't say differ, but I think we're respecting each other's yeah. convictions. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what we need. I just talk bad about you. Yeah. They, thank back. you. I appreciate that. Tell yeah, everybody the good vicar's go. crazy. That, I'm just kidding. That's anti-biblical right there. <laughs> I have incorrect, wrong living, and wrong doctrine. There it is. <laughs> so, so the the dot store. <clears throat> yep. Which is what you guys My, call it with your little. No, one. no. She calls it the circle store. The circle. The circle store. store. Somebody calls it the dot store, which makes sense. Yeah. So it has did, a dot in the I middle did, of the circle. Yeah, there you go. I didn't want to like aim, uh, take aim. Yeah. <laughs> no pun intended. Target. Um, <laughs> at it on a Sunday, but talking about Target and read an article recently where. The uh, clothes designer that was behind kind of this big push of stuff that's on yeah. the kids' shelves, yep. you know, and and again for me, 
Like if it's in the ladies section, the men's section, like I get that. But there again is a pointed focus that they're coming after our kids. Yeah. And as I look at scripture, that's always been a target of the enemy is to yeah. come after our kids. And it's like, what is going on? But so I read an article and, and the designer behind all that is a transgender satanic mm-hmm. worshiping, mm-hmm. affirming person. And it's just like, okay, here we go. You know, like this is the world I live in. And, and we know that it wasn't every target store, yeah. you know, but it was there. Yep. Like there's still headquarters that are saying, yes, let's unroll this out and let's yep. go from there. And, and that is a struggle. And especially with that story, you know, you know, some people get frustrated back in 2020 with mandates of masks and, and, and we politicize that of a, you know, the liberal side was this and the Republican conservative side was this. And, and then the bathroom issue was mm-hmm. another hard one. Like, yep. Hey, what do we do with bathrooms? And that was a store that, Nope, we're going to allow and do this and that. And, and again, there's a response from, from the church in that to, you know, so in, and one thing that we have to hold in tension is we can't, we can't get so mad and frustrated and expect the world and when it's operating under its own value system that it doesn't match ours as the church. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's where we want behavior modification more than we want spiritual transformation. We definitely can't do it to people, but like we can't get mad that a company that is being ran and and being used for that political or you know that uh, social platform. We can't be upset that it's not yeah Christ centered. It won't. Nor okay, it a company that does say oh we're Christian, right that. No, a company's not Christian. Music is not Christian. Now, a company can operate with Christ-centered values, you know, so hopefully they wouldn't rip people off, to which, here we go, love me through this, okay? (laughs) This is is another tension moment that I've never, I haven't articulated out loud. I had an elder one time that was um, discipling me probably a decade ago. And we were talking about this and, and I said this and I said, I struggle with this because this is what I feel. And this is a conviction thing. So like, if you're on the opposite side of the fence of me, please love me and just understand like, this is, this is my struggle within me. That if, if you, if you own a business and you want to operate under Christ centered values, awesome. Mm -hmm. But when we use it to try to show that, oh, we are a company of integrity and we can be trusted and then, it, and sometimes we're not, sometimes hmm. we are, it borders. Are we taking the Lord's name in vain? Oh, that we're using the Lord's name oh. to try to platform our business. I know that hurts. I never thought about that. That's hard for me. Oh, it's like, if you're going to be a plumber, be a plumber. And if you're a Christian and you're a plumber, be honest, be fair, be real, be who you are. But the moment we start slapping crosses and fish, yeah, (laughs) you know, to, and, and again, let me frame it to use that as a way that, Oh, we can be trusted because we're Christian manipulation. It borders that like be who you are, rock on with that. Like, and that's hard. So, so in the same breath, like, so music's not Christian there's worship music. There's, we say Christian music, but it's music that is that 
people who love Christ are using to glorify him, but a song is not redeemed by the blood of Jesus. People are. Mm. A company is not redeemed by the blood of Jesus. People are. Yeah. Right now. And I am all favor of who, you know, let it, I've said this before. I don't care if you want to be a doctor, a lawyer, a trash truck driver, like allow who you are in Christ to infiltrate every part of your life. And so if there is something that happens within your business to say, you know what, with my convictions and within my faith, I do not feel good moving forward on something like this. Great. Yeah. You know, like if you want to be closed on Sunday to honor the Lord, be closed on Sunday to honor the Lord. I don't care. I mean, I miss a good Chick-fil-A sandwich. Like, I don't know why, but on Re-evaluate Sunday, priorities. That's the, yeah, that's the one day it's like, ooh, I could smash on some Lord's Chick-fil-A Do it right on now. Saturday. Yeah, <laughs> almost like buy double, kind of like right. collecting manna in the Old Testament. Like, we ordered double at Chick-fil-A on a Saturday Might so that on some, Sunday we yeah, eat it back up. Repercussions for and that. And it doesn't rot. If you collect for three days, then it does rot. But <laughs> no, so they, and, and that's a hard thing. But going back to the whole Target thing, so they have this clothing line. And, and again, somebody came up to me after church and said, hey, I, they, had, they had some money mm-hmm. on gift cards, okay? Mm-hmm. Just call it what it is. Yep. And they walked in and asked for scissors from the help desk there, to, and, and they cut up the gift cards. Which, yeah. oh, you could go, you know. Because at the same time, it's like, the money's already been spent. It's already been spent, but it's the principle behind it. But it's it. the principle behind it's it. It's the principle yep. behind it. Which I, and again, I sat in the tension like, oh, we could have done so much with that. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you know who said that in the Bible? Judas Iscariot. <laughs> we could have done so much That's with that perfume. That's what I want to be like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But but to them, to their convictions, which, again, I'm going to honor that. They felt that was the right thing to do, and they did. And it's like, kudos to you. Yep. And they're asking me, is that the right thing to do? And I said, is that what the Lord put on your heart to do? Yep. Yes. Okay. You know, and they, they probably will never shop or walk into that store again. And, and it's okay. That, that is on them. And that's, that's where we honor each other's convictions where I think you kind of lean more that way. Yeah. And I'm, you know, not that I'm running up and down the aisles, you know, screaming the name of Jesus. I'm just waiting <laughs> for a video of you, of you just running uh, up and down the aisles yeah. singing. Yeah. But like, and for us, it's been, we haven't like, yeah, we we've chosen yeah. to, to not shop there. Let's just call yeah, it what it is. Call like, it what it is. That's, Amen. That's what it is. I, I'm Work not on, ashamed buddy. of it. I'm I'm wrestling and sitting in the tension. Yeah, like I, I this is not a 95 theses moment where I've nailed it on and I'm never ever walking, walking back in, in just taping it up that's on exactly. Target. I'm going to show it. you <laughs> for me because that was the reformation of the church, not yeah. of the out. They're not walking and into so, Rome doing that. But anyway. I am going to come up to Calvary and nail. <laughs> You put um, anything on our that's door. That's exactly no, right. Sorry. Um, for, for me, um, as a pastor, just, just as a, a follower of Jesus, um, it has been a very uncomfortable place to sit. Yeah. But it's been a really cool place to sit because I know there's people judging me. Mm-hmm. And if they're not going to come up and ask me, that's not on me. That's on them. Yeah. That's their issue. But for me and my family, the conversations that my wife has had, even in the last two days mm. from church on Sunday, like, yeah. hey, we need to, we should really think about this. And it's, it's, she's pushed me on some things yeah. like, babe, every device you have is an Apple device. You do realize I'm like, I'm, I 100% know. That's why I've not been very vocal about it. Yeah. We just happen to have a platform where, mm-hmm. you know, where it came up, but it's like, I'm not running around doing the, you know, whatever <laughs> it is, like trying to make a big <laughs> deal about it. But for us, even, even. Again, we talk about this all the time. When we started the podcast, the whole point of you and I sitting down together is you and I, um, as we all are in a sanctification process. Amen. This is our journey, and there is no 
Like if you get on to listen to the podcast and you hope that we cover a topic or discuss uh, a section of scripture and you think we're going to give you the, the formulaic A, Bs and Cs and have it, nope. that's not this that's podcast. Not that's not what and it nor is. Nor is that what the word of God really is. Now it is clear where the Bible is clear. Let it be clear. And, and we, we, we uphold those guardrails yep. and those lines, but where it's not clear and how we're processing, like that's where we need to be dependent and leaning on the Holy Spirit. And for me, it feels like more times than not, it's less clear that it is black yeah. and white. Because that's what, you know, so when I was talking about Target, the idea was, you know, the the child labor uh, injustice mm-hmm. of the Western clothing, uh, what's, what's the word I want to look, the Western clothing industry. Yep. It, it it's absolutely atrocious in regards to him human civil rights. You want to know because uh, I've done this research, like ninety. I think it's ninety five, ninety six percent of your you yeah, listening, um, your clothing that you're either wearing, your brands that you love mm-hmm. are made outside the country. Yep. With someone who makes less than three dollars a day. Yeah. And you're getting charged for 80, 90, 100 plus dollar pairs of shoes and 100 plus dollar pairs of jeans while some companies profiting off the back. Like, and it's not even just like, okay, yeah, we understand that in America we have a minimum wage, but in other countries it's lower and, but it's within their context of, but I mean, there still is a little disparity there, but it's even the, the treatment, the long hours, the horrible conditions in which they work. Um, like, so I don't know in the, full regards of what you're talking about with Apple, but, um, Google cobalt. I already have. Oh, you already know. Because every time somebody's, they know I would, I want an electric car, but that's just, that's just any rechargeable battery has to have cobalt. It's in your phone and your TV We use rechargeable batteries to work our microphones. There's a rechargeable battery in that camera right right there. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. It's like, but if you Google that and you look at the absolute, I mean, it's, it's pretty much modern day slavery where they're, they're, they are enduring horrific conditions Mm -hmm. for one to two dollars a day but at the same time here's the tension you have to live in is there is nothing else for them that if that did not exist they couldn't even survive it at the condition that they're at and it's like what do we do as the church and it's like welcome to the tension of being a christian and and here we are uh as as five talent christians if we're just going to go financial with it uh and and what do we do with what god has given us and it's like and so in a part, like I kind of made the joke about making my own clothes, but I got that from uh, an author that I, I appreciate and respect, maybe not so much in orthodoxy. We would probably disagree a lot in orthodoxy, but orthopraxy, mm-hmm. he challenges me. And, and the book's in the hub, yep. you know? And, and he, he asked his mom, teach me how to sew, and he makes his own clothes. That's one of the conversations that we had, yep. you know, just in the sense of, you know, we talked about it a little bit earlier, it's like... What's our response? What do we do? Yeah. Well, maybe what we do as believers is we just do the research, yeah. like pull our head out of the sand yep. and just do the research. And in the hard part, so so that was the question somebody asked me, well, how do we know? And it's like, you have to do the research. That's one part to know. And then, okay, what do we do about it? Because like you said, so 95% of our stuff is gone. So let's say strong convictions, we can't shop, 90, like where in the world? And we're not just talking clothing. Everything. Food, everything, coffee. 
like fair trade coffee. Coffee, I mean, we, we talk about the drug trade and the craziness that's happening. It is my and drug. It, it's everything. And so what do we do? You know, so just in the clothing aspect of it, there's there's certain levels, mm-hmm. you know, that yeah. are some are more atrocious than others. And it's like, it, it's kind of like voting for the president in our country. You go for the lesser of the two <laughs> evils. Sorry, somebody had to say it. It is what it is. <laughs> I know our our son is going to be able to vote for this president, and he's like, he's honestly kind of bummed. He goes, "I just want to feel like I can get behind someone, and I'm not just voting for the lesser of two evils." Which even that statement there is probably going to tick off half the listening uh-huh. audience. But you're welcome. Um, and so, so what do we do? What companies do we shop at? Which we don't. And so there's a some there's a few that me and my wife have researched. And it's like, all right, we're just going to flat out say no yeah. right there, yep. um, and and encourage our kids not to shop as well. Um, and so there's other things that you can do, like. Uh, Again, because we can't hold the rest of the world to our convictions. So does that mean that all of the, you know, pagan atheists and the broken world, are they going to stop shopping at those? Obviously not. Mm -hmm. But what do they do with their leftover clothes? Well, they give them to uh, secondhand stores. That's a better place to shop. So now I have to shop hand-me-downs clothes, and it's like, well. It's a lot of fun. (laughs) Check your pride at the door. It's like, do you need brand new clothing? You bought in the lie the world says that you yeah, matter. You know? Yeah. Um, where there's there are there are Christians in other countries right now. Like there are some very educated, uh, smart Christians. Like there uh, the story I was reading, there there's a family, the husband and wife both are doctors mm-hmm. in India. But because of their faith in Christianity, he cleans out sewers because he can't get a job as a doctor because of his faith. Dang. I mean, so yeah. Like that's laying your pride down. And that was happening in Pergamum and Thyatira where like Christians, like they're only doing, they're doing the very minimal bottom of the barrel jobs because that's the only job that they can get Mm. because of their faith in Jesus. Like their social status is dropping because of Christ and like, okay, you're not going to have the hottest, newest kicks or clothing. Uh, if you want to hold, uh, okay, I'm, I'm going to shop secondhand stores to avoid that transaction um, and supporting them straightforward. It's like, uh, you got to be okay with that, you know, yeah. and that's going to have a marked look about you and be like, all right, which now at least it's kind of trendy, but you know, it, it really wasn't, is. it wasn't in my day at all. No. Um, and then, then the other thing just to make the, like the matters worse, now you have to start Googling and researching. So like uh, some of these secondhand stores like the big charity ones let it be red cross goodwill and there's there's a bunch of them how much of their money actually goes to the mission to the they're about Mm -hmm. you know and it's like so some of those are even like they don't have great ratings of uh where their money goes and different things and it's just like good night like this is a struggle but that's the tension that we're in it's like so i have to research where my coffee comes from yeah you should i have to research where this comes from yeah you should like, look, just, even if it's anything just to be aware of and mindful of, you know? Yeah. Yeah, we should be. And sit in the tension of it and pray and say, all right, Lord, how do I respond as a Christian? What do I do moving forward? What does it look like yeah. to, to hold fast to my orthodoxy and my orthopraxy and, and where my conviction lies in it? Yeah. And, and, and the big disclaimer for all of it especially when it's sin against our conscience where scripture is not clear, but it's going to be different. Like it is for me and you. There's nothing more that Satan would love 
than mm. to take those differences to cause them to be a foothold for us to hate each other. Come on. Because because your version of conviction and following Jesus looks differently than mine. Yeah. It's going to. Because God's doing a different work in each and every one of us. We have to honor that. Yeah. And so instead of allowing your conviction to guilt me, and so that's why I'm going to hate you, I need to be challenged by your conviction. Like I need to walk up and down the aisles of Target when I'm there, if I'm there, and be like, John and his family just doesn't see it. They don't, they, they, they're going to hold fast that they're not going to shop here. And like that needs to challenge me. Is this really where I need to be? And am I using my space and my time there adequately yeah. like you know like even walking into we're uh, hopefully getting picked up by panera yeah. soon um that's actually of, not true enough of our money's going there <laughs> as a staff it's adventure week so we're trying to stay on top of the game drug up with caffeine but like i went and i did the i did the drink run this yep. morning picked up drinks for everybody as i'm waiting for large lids because they ran out which ran it, out it happens everything. right so i lost my ever-loving mind mm-hmm. and i threw and got mad because i had to wait two minutes no that's sarcasm so i'm just sitting there waiting and i saw three people from church as i'm waiting in panera now i i have no idea i need to do the research where where's my lemonade coming from like what's this doing yeah. you know but if if panera is one of those places i couldn't be around then Cause for me, like I want to be a part of the community. I want to be in the community. We've always lived in the community in which mm-hmm. we've done ministry. Um, and some people are like, well, that sounds basic. And it's like, eh, you'd be kind of shocked. Like I, I want to be sitting down at Applebee's and praying over our meal as a family. And somebody walks up and be like, Oh, Hey, pastor Nick. And it's like, I have no idea who that person is. <laughs> you know, that happens sometimes. Yeah. I just, they recognize me. I don't recognize them. Sometimes I do, but I want to be in the community because there are so many times that I'll get recognized by someone who is, uh, not even just recognize that sounds like I'm a celebrity, but, but I'll see somebody that's a part of our church, yep. but they'll be with friends or family and they're like, Oh, Hey, this is Nick. He's the pastor of the new pastor. And, and one lady was like, I'm loving the revelation study. Mm. Like we're having this conversation at the lemonade, right? That's awesome. There's other people around that are hearing this. That's awesome. Yeah. Right? And, and I don't glow. A lot of people think I do cause I'm the good vicar. <laughs> I don't glow. There's nothing special about me. Like I'm just a normal dude. And so other people might look over and be like, Oh, you're a pastor, and it's like, well, on Sundays, <laughs> Monday so I'm through Saturday, ever loving mind yeah. over not having yeah, the lids. Get these lids out here, you know. <laughs> and the lady, she felt so horrible about it. Where honestly, you know, that's a, that was an opportunity. Why he he responded differently? Most people, like I stood there for probably a good five minutes, just waiting. She's like, "Are you still waiting on lids?" It's like, "Yeah." She's like, "I'm so sorry." I'm like, "They're all lids. Good. They're lids. It's not a big deal. It's all good." You know, and what a witness that is <laughs> when people expect us to respond a certain oh, way and yeah. we don't. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and this was one of those workers that, um, uh, because of our frequent flyer miles to Panera, <laughs> she knows she recognizes yep. us. I mean, she knows what we're frequent and it's just like, you're fine. It, I, I came at the middle of lunch. I'm getting five large drinks. Like, like, how do you know that you're not going to run out of lids until somebody just walks up and says, Hey, do you guys have any more large lids? That's, yeah. that's all it was. Yeah. You know? So anyway. There's the challenge. It's been probably my most fun. See, my wife was like, just call it what it is. She's like, I hate that Adventure Week was this week because she so wanted to be in life group, mm. which we can't because obviously yep. we're serving we're in Adventure Week. I think a lot of life groups might not be meeting, but she's like, what a sermon topic to want to discuss because I think there's going to be a lot of us that if, if we're ever going to be... Uh, I don't want to say divided, 
but not divisive. Mm-hmm. Like we might be divided, but yeah. we're not being divisive. Yeah, yeah. Like we might be in different camps. This is going to be one of those. Yeah. But at the at the end of it, wh- what I what I want to see from you, from other people in my life group, in the church, myself, is like. Am I pursuing Christ both in my orthodox mm, orthopraxy? Yeah. You know, and it might look different. It might look different, and that's okay. But as long as we in unity are saying, you know what, I don't do this or I do this because of my faith in Jesus. Yeah. I same thing here. Again, not where scripture's clear. It's in those the the sin of conscience and and where we're leaning and some of those convictions that we have. Just honor Christ in those. Yeah. And, and be encouraged by other people that it's kind of like the 21 days of prayer and fasting. Mm-hmm. It, it was, it's really, it was really fun to see what people gave up mm-hmm. and, and we had some look at us and be like, Oh, I would never have thought of giving up social media. I tried to give up work for 21 days. I got <laughs> yeah. Right. I just, I've spent 21 days with the Lord, <laughs> but it's supposed to be things that we give up that we actually do. So you couldn't have gave up. Oh, <laughs> make sure there's no podcast yeah, this they- week or next week or ever again. <laughs> But it, it was fun. Like somebody was like, oh, I wouldn't even thought about social media. And it's like, because you don't even have Facebook. Or if you do, you're like not even that active it on it. Be, yeah. That wouldn't have yeah, been yeah. a big change in your life. But for me to look at them and say, how could you not give up social media? Or for them to look at us and say, how is social media such an influence in your life? It's like, maybe because we have different struggles and we're doing different things and, yeah. and you know, not sinful or bad, but we need to be able to give up those things in yeah. order to honor Christ. And so in the same way, we're going to give up different things in that fasting period and we're going to have different convictions in as we're following Christ. But we never used that as a platform to say, Oh, you're such a loser. You had to give up social media. It's like, wow, how's that going? Is that going well for you? Like, what are you seeing the Lord do in your life in the absence of that? And I can do the same thing with somebody else and what they gave up. So welcome to the breakdown. Good episode. Hey man, thanks for sitting down again. Always fun. Thanks. How long was this? Are we gonna get a? Are we gonna get an email? Uh, probably not. I, it's right. I'm if I remember, we're close to an hour. We're over an hour, I think, but no, not no, too no. much. But some people, when they go a little long, they're like, "Are you serious? I, I can't get work done." Maybe I have one person that's like, uh, I, I told them that. I had one person that's like, "It needs to be longer." Really? I'm like, yeah. Amen. I was like, let's go. Can you tell everybody yeah. else that? But uh, <laughs> well, hey, thanks for thanks for sitting down and doing this. Thanks for uh, for doing the podcast. Uh, wrapping up. Uh, just to to rehash and go back to the beginning. Yeah. Um, if we refuse to love our enemy mm. and to serve them, we don't have either right living or right thinking. For that's not the mind of Christ. So chew on that. Mm. Think on that this week, and uh, we'll be back next week with episode seven, I believe, of there the podcast. We we're uh, we're moving through Revelation. Uh, a couple things you could help us with um, if you haven't subscribed to the channel, uh, either on YouTube or the podcast. Uh, please do that. That helps us out. It also makes sure that you don't miss out on when we drop and release a brand new episode. Um, and then if you have any questions, rate, review, share with your friends. Again, we said it last week, not because we want to make a name for ourselves. Um, we want the word of God um, and his kingdom to grow. And if yeah. this is a platform that can help do that, that's what we want. So we'll be back next week in the studio record. But until then, bye, y'all. Bye.